0: Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights, but they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy.
1: 6502, Jose Abreu's bat swing looks like Happy Gilmore's golf swing. Is that a decent comp? Grade the comp. No. Eh, I don't see it. Not like
2: either. Both are ugly?
1: That's the comp we're looking for?
2: I just feel like Jose Abreu's... Uh... Research and intel is Johnny Mantel's. It just, I just, I just feel like he doesn't do any research on who he's facing, especially a guy that he should know very well. Like when he finished, uh, when he faced Rodon the other day, you know your uh, Rodon is going to throw a, a majority of fastballs, and he and, and you should be. Having that game plan going up, and Rodon blew two 97 mile an hour fastballs right down Main Street, and he had zero clue of catching up to him. See, I think that's my fear: is that he knows
1: that's what he's going to see, and he just can't touch it because he's. Washed. Either way,
2: it's not a good recipe for
1: success. Yeah, I just think I'm worried that he's washed. I'm worried that he's washed. Sixty thirty. We have to. Uh, we've got to move a Brayu this off season. Eat the money or wherever. Yeah, they're not gonna. They, they could move him and eat
2: the money. You would have to eat the money. Yeah.
1: You, it would require eating the money. You're not he has very, very, very negative trade value. Uh the Astros have announced their pitching rotation for the series against the Angels Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Do you think they give preference to France or Urkeety?
2: I better see JP France pitching starting pitcher again. They're both
1: starting. Oh. To be they France and Urkeety, some some rotation, are pitching Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Who do you think they gave preference to?
2: You mean, is it a split start? No, no,
1: no, no. Verlander starting Friday, okay. and one of France and Urquidy are starting both Saturday and Sunday. They're both getting a start.
2: I would say that France gets the Saturday game, and, and Urquidy gets the extra day. That's what
1: they're doing. Very JV good. Friday, Jonathan Patrick on Saturday, and Jose Urquidy Sunday. So that is the makings of a six-man rotation, which
2: I'm happy with. I am, too. I like it, because the main thing for me is don't screw over your best pitcher in the last month or so. And J.P. France deserves to be a starting pitcher on
3: this team. I got so, bad yeah. news for you. What I think that this is what we're going to see the rest of the season is these two guys are going to pitch back to back, but when there's off days, they're going to skip JP. I hate it, and they're going to and they're going to piggyback him and Abreu. Huh. I hate it.
2: I think it's unfair. I know. I know life isn't fair, but he did nothing to deserve this, and herkiti has honestly done nothing to get the the promotion to that level. If it's between the two of them, it should be JP France. Yeah, if, I don't.
1: What if it's? I don't hate the piggyback idea. I just wish it would flip. Yeah, I wish it was Jonathan Patrick starting in Rakiti. I wonder how much like
3: they just know, or they don't believe Rakiti can do that. Like he can't get ready quick enough. He can he,
2: he can't. He, he's an easy type.
3: Yeah, that like so you have to put you have to make him the starter because JP France is the one of the two that can quickly get ready like he did the other night. That would be my. But he's kind come of out of the hope. pen
2: before, and he's been he and he's had success. Yeah. So I think I don't think it's as bad as Oderizzi. But again, of the two guys with what I've seen recently, I should give the favor to the guy that's had the most success recently and that's JP France. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'll, I'll be upset about it when it happens if it happens again. But if they go with it, I don't hate the piggyback idea when there's off days, because you do want Fromber mm-hmm. to pitch you know, like on a pretty normal routine. Same thing with JV, same thing with Hunter Brown, same thing with Javier. I think those are the right two to have piggyback, but I would flip it. I would have Jonathan See, Patrick start and then Arkady Piggy.
2: I agree with you on Verlander and on Fromber because I think they want those. They want to get to that level. And when I say normal rest, I mean they're still giving him an extra day off. They're yeah. still giving him five yeah. days pitching on a sixth think, day because I think of the day off. I think Javier still well, now needs he's a little pitching, extra.
1: Now he's pitching on a seventh day. Like yeah, He's that, getting six I, days off pitching on a seventh day. That's, I just that's, think... That's, that's, I understand.
2: Not. I completely agree with your thought process there, but I also see a guy that still looks like he is starting to get... There's signs that he's gotten worn out a couple of times uh-huh. where I, I don't mind him getting a, a couple extra days here and
1: there. Uh, Jose Arquiti, 393 career ERA as a starter a four ERA as a reliever, but he's only pitched in three games. So it's hard to really get any sort of sample there, but he's been okay at it. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Junior Broncos, problem with Abreu, he was over high from day one by the front office and fans. Abreu was 33 years old when he won his Mickey Mouse COVID MVP. That was an anomaly on above average career. Look, he lost power last year, too. Like he hit for an average, but he didn't hit for any sort of power last year. And look, hindsight 2020. I wanted to bray you here too. So I, did too. I was terribly. I was just Gee. as wrong as Jeff Bagwell.
2: And we didn't care as much about the power because we said there were other sources in the lineup where you can get the power, but we liked the fact that he normally consistently could hit for some average. He could get on base. you know, with this Astros lineup, there should be more opportunities to knock guys in. And I was as excited as anybody when, when he was signing with the Astros. I thought it was a great sign. We were concerned about the third year. I didn't think we were going to be concerned about the first year.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I'm i a believer in like the baseball savant stuff. Abreu was, was squaring up balls. Like he was hitting the ball hard. His exit velo was fine. He was hitting barrels. He's not doing that a whole lot this year. And I'm scared he's washed. 713-780-3776. Sheldon Rankins is one of the two defensive tackles for this team. Malik Collins, I'm actually bullish on the interior defensive line of the Texans. I think Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins make a very nice pairing relative to the rest of the NFL. I would go as far to say I think they're a top 10 interior defensive line in a four-man front. Uh, Rankins was talking to the media the other day, and he went out of his way to compare the Texans to the Jets. He says he thinks the Texans are ahead of where the Jets were in their rebuild, and it kind of made my mind wander a little bit, Blankers. What if the Texans are in a position where the Jets were in this past offseason where everything else looks good? Everything else looks fine. A veteran quarterback? But you think you're a quarterback away. How would the city react to that if the Texans this offseason, everything looks good? You have a defense that you think you can win games with. Damian Pierce looks fantastic. Maybe John Mechie and or Tang Dell just surprised the heck out of us to where they have a legitimate uh, receiving core. They already have a good offensive line, should be a good offensive line. What if in nine months, we we're looking at the Texans saying they're a quarterback away. Well, what would our reaction to that be? Because well, remember the Jets drafted Zach Wilson with a number two pick a few years ago. Yeah.
2: Well, I think that there would be excitement from a Texans fan base perspective because I don't think they care about what draft capital you used. And they're going to care less about the success that if in that scenario, CJ Stroud hasn't had because of the fact that they believe that they can still go get someone that can do what they need to do in the short term that can make them successful and really experience the heyday of of football in this city again. And I, I I hearken back to the days of Peyton Manning, when you had Matt Schaub and you had the chance to get Peyton Manning. And there's still a lot of people that look back with the what ifs and say if they'd have actually done that, pulled the trigger and got the guy that kind of wanted to be here and had everything else going for them and just gave you an upgraded quarterback. Texans might have a different history right now. Would you
1: take that scenario, though? Would you take a scenario in nine months where we're talking about the Texans being a quarterback away? Because the good news is you're only a quarterback away. Now, the bad news is it's very difficult to bring that quarterback in. And then the really bad news is you just used a number two pick on that quarterback you thought was going to be that guy.
3: I think the answer is, is definitely no. It's It's got to be the Jets' path, which is two years. And then that's really when it enters. Like You've had two years of C.J. Stroud. It just has not worked. But the roster is there. Will Anderson's awesome. You know, the O-line's really good. Damian Pierce is a stud. Derek Stingley's who we thought he was going to be. And now we're a quarterback away from really being a Super Bowl team because you can't give up on a guy after a year. Like, we all know it's going to be bumpy. Year two is where quarterbacks typically take that jump from, like, you see a a struggling rookie to a guy that's going to be a superstar or a star. Yeah, Trevor
2: Lawrence, you know, he had to get – you know, go through his bumps. Uh, I, I think fast you're right.
3: At, fast forward to 18
1: months then.
2: Well, see, I'm playing hypothetical with the scenario you painted. It, it, I think to Joe's point, it is more realistic if you if it's two years from now and you've seen kind of what we talked about with the landscape of the AFC and we've seen some good, but we've also seen enough bad that we have concerns. But not that you're in the Colt scenario per se, but you have everything else and there's a quarterback that wants out somewhere that you think you can get. I think as a general manager and as an organization, it's a—it's not a very tough call to say, if I can go out and get a guy that could be the missing piece to get us to where we want to go, we go get him. Because I'm watching a Hard Knocks yesterday.
1: And look, Zach Wilson was supposed to be the guy that comes in there and changes the whole dynamic at mm-hmm. the quarterback position for the New York football Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Like he was supposed to be that guy, and I'm watching Hard Dogs, Which, by the way, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what a guy! You love doing he, this. Thing. He's he's at. I mean, he, and you
2: really think it gets you? Got to
1: watch no, Hard. I, I, I think will it say does.
3: It, it's like it looks like he got out of prison.
1: There was one guy he's so happy. I, I can't remember who said it. But one guy looked at the camera and go, Aaron Rodgers is the coolest guy in the league. Everything that is said about him in the media is an absolute lie. His teammates love Aaron Rodgers. All the New York football jets love Aaron Rodgers. Randall Cobb has followed him around for years. Jordan Love loves Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot of it is a media narrative. I think most people like Aaron
2: Rodgers. At least it seems that well, way you know, watching it, one episode of Hard Knocks, so it's now good, I know everything. It's Gutenkoost and the president, Mark Murphy of the Packers. I mean, they made... Life difficult for him intentionally. They had an axe to grind. They didn't like the way he handled his business. He didn't like the way they handled theirs. They peacefully coexisted. They co-parented, uh-huh. but there wasn't a whole lot of love.
1: I think Guttenkus comes out as the biggest loser oh, after no watching Hard Knocks. Well, to I told you, I could have
2: told you that before Hard Knocks.
3: Yeah, I think, I think, like, I get why like Packers fans would hate Aaron Rodgers after everything. The national media hates him because they don't believe in his politics. Yep, simple, cut and dry. Didn't get the vaccine, they all hated him. Same after thing with that. Kyrie
2: Irving. Well, and they, they he, he exacerbated it with the whole whatever. Where he went to the the complete darkness retreat and all that other crap. And I think a
3: lot of them, like Adam Schefter and these guys, don't like him because he goes on the Pat McAfee show <laughs> and he gives good interviews and he gives insightful information. And then he says, "Lose my number to Adam Schefter and Jocena Anderson."
2: They love him in New York. They should. He does look like he got. Out he of could prison. be the savior. <laughs> I mean, he could be the savior. There's no doubt about it. Look, I've told everybody for years before we got to the boiling point and the breakup that Gutenkunst is the whole reason why all of this went south. And Mark Murphy, the president, hired Gutenkunst and he stuck by his guy. And they made absolutely wrong decision after wrong decision starting with drafting Jordan Love, which led to all of this. And he, I, I, I honestly believe he still has game in the tank. He, he's The fact that he got a fresh start here... I fully expect that he's going to ball out. I think I'm rooting for the Jets in the AFC this year. I think I want
1: him to do well.
3: I don't know. I, don't. I, can't, I can't root for Aaron Rodgers. I, I can yeah. Yeah, I can be happy he's gone from Green Bay.
1: I'm pulling for the Jets.
3: But I, I think in or 18...
1: J-E-T-S, J-E-T-S, I'm going to ask Jake to borrow one of his medium shirts.
3: In 18 months, I would be okay with it if there's an Aaron Rodgers-level quarterback. That's available. If not, I just think it'd be better for the Texans to go back into the draft.
1: 713-780-3776. 18 months from now,
2: the Texans are a
1: quarterback away. See, Joe, what will can, be your wait, view towards that? Let's see on the other
2: side. But wait, Joe, they can do that. They just, they, they sucked this year and they got their draft.
1: Never mind. 713-780-3776. If the Texans are a quarterback away in 18 months, you feel What? One more time for good measure. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Three.
0: Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy.
1: In 18 months, the Texans are a quarterback away. You feel what? And then Joe's trying to take a deep dive into which quarterbacks would be out there. Now, this is kind of the Jets' model, right? Like, you've built up a really good defense. Now, you're probably missing, like, a Garrett Wilson. Like, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, are they on the same tier? Like, there's arguments to be made there. Probably not. Uh, But, you know, let's just play along. You're probably a Garrett Wilson away, but let's say Cleveland has a top ten pick next year. You get Cleveland's pick. There's your receiver. C.J. Stroud, his second year, let's say Colin Coward's right, continues to disappoint. You have a top 10 defense. You have a good offensive line. You have a good running back in Damian Pierce. You have a good receiving core anchored by whoever that Cleveland pick is. But C.J. Stroud is holding you back. Like Zach Wilson, also a number two pick in the NFL draft a few years ago, holding the Jets back. So what do they do? They give Zach Wilson two years, a lot of it injury-riddled, and then they go out and get Brett Favre. And now they feel like they're a Super Bowl contender. And you have Robert Sala on Hard Knocks. Did you see that quarterback? Did you see that throw? Aaron we got Rogers. a special guy. You said
3: Brett Favre.
1: My bad. Same thing, frankly. Um, Not really. I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't a thief in stealing state money. But I digress. Um but everybody's happy at Jets training camp. They think they're a Super Bowl contender. You have Robert Salo saying embrace the expectations and sell above it like an eagle. They think they can win a Super Bowl this year. 18 months from now, the Texans have it all figured out, except for one position. The quarterback you drafted at number two, much like the Jets, have it all figured out other than the quarterback that they drafted at number two at Zach Wilson. They go out and get Aaron Rodgers. Would you? Can you live with that? For me, I can live with that because it tells me that the Texans are like knocking on the door. The Texans are on the cusp. If it meant that C.J. Stroud is a bust to give the Houston Texans knocking on the door on the cusp of being a contender, I personally would take that.
2: I think that any fan should. I think that you got a guy that you know or guys in the organization, ownership, management, whatever, that that's willing to go for it, willing to roll the dice and go for it. Now, we saw it work with Tampa and Tom Brady, we also saw it fail miserably with what the Colts have tried to do with veteran quarterbacks the last several years. But I don't think anybody in a fan base wants a team to be hesitant and apprehensive and go, Yeah, I think I gotta I gotta believe that I drafted this kid. I gotta stick with him a couple more years. I think that when you know that the you know when you know that your team is right. And if you know the rest of your team is right, I think everybody would not fault you if you made the risky move or took the somewhat risky move. Of moving on from your younger quarterback to get a guy that might take you to places you've never been before,
1: I would do anything for the Texans. I mean, not anything, but I would do a lot for the Houston Texans to be on the cusp of a Super Bowl contender in two years, even if it meant sacrificing the number two pick in the NFL draft. Sorry,
2: CJ's feelings are hurt. As long as I got a chance to do things that, as as a fan of this team, I've never seen done before, like go to an AFC Championship game, go to a Super Bowl. You know, achieve new heights and really change the culture and the attitude of the city and everybody towards the team and the results and the expectations. I sign up for that hundred times out of hundred. sorry about it, but I, I would sacrifice CJ Stroud to be a Super Bowl contender in two years, looking
1: for that quarterback. You don't.
3: Know, I, I think it's very realistic that we're having this conversation. Do you think so? I mean, look, look at Chicago. I mean,
1: Coward's a genius.
3: Look at Justin Fields. They they had to make that decision this year after Justin's second year. Zach Wilson. After his second Trey year, Lance? Trey Lance, after his second year. Mac Jones is in a quarterback battle with Bailey Zappi. I think it's just Zap. Zap. I like Zappi better. I'm I think not it sure, is actually. I thought it was Zap. I think it's Zappi. Zappi sounds cooler, so I'm going with Zappi.
1: So we had a texture that got onto us about it
3: one time. You and I did this a few months ago, I think. But like, I think it, so. It I think just, that's why it triggered my mind. I feel like that. There's a good chance that we are asking these questions if C.J. Stroud is for sure the guy after two years because he's not Trevor Lawrence, he's not Joe Burrow. Like there probably will be major question marks still after two years because it's going to take him time to adjust to the NFL coming from Ohio State. That's very fair from what Coward said. It's just it's just the way the world works. Unless you have a superstar quarterback, you got question marks. Look at Danny Dimes. Yeah, it but, looks like they finally figured it out, but how long did it yeah. take?
1: Are you still sold on Danny Dimes, Vanilla Vic? I'm not. not. I
3: mean, I'm not, but they Vanilla
2: are. Vanilla Vic, I haven't heard before. I've said I,
1: it a dozen times on this show.
2: Well, I haven't heard <laughs> you say. It. I, I, I don't. I don't know why you had to even bring that up like that. But okay, I just never heard that that nickname given or that <laughs> moniker. But. To me, it's a business. I think that's what everybody gets irritated from time to time with sports when they're reminded of the fact that it's a business. If you're running your business to try and win football games, not that everybody is, but if you have a situation where you can really capitalize, even financially, on the fact that you can take it to another level, you can't worry about the fact that your quarterback and his agent might have their feelings hurt, but you got a chance to upgrade, get better. We see it all the time. Daryl Morey did it with basketball players all the time. One year, they're the apple of his eye, and the next year, they're an asset being used to get someone better. To move up and move on. And that's how sports is
1: is run these days. 6670. I got Joel's back on this one, Branham. He lets you slide when you misspeak. He lets you slide big time on Brett the Jet Farf. Blankers corrects me all the time. No, I don't. I try not to. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Good thing I never correct uh, Blankers. Yeah. But Joe went right at me. 713. (laughs) You go at me all the time. (laughs) I don't blame you. I I encourage you to. seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Mark, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Mark? Hey, how y'all doing? I got uh, two quick questions. Great
2: show after all. Hey, uh, man, uh, Colin Carter, man, you need to leave out of the back in the back in line up there in Portland, Oregon, man. Everybody know good and well that the main person is Bryce Young because everybody knows just all them quarterbacks that came out of Alabama lately besides Justin Hurst because he went end and getting coached by, uh, the the Oklahoma coach and stuff, so that would made him a little bit better and stuff. But, uh, and Anthony Richardson, we already know he's a low hanging fruit and stuff. So we know we know he can be the best or he can be a bust and stuff. Well another question and stuff is about uh John Singleton. You think he can be our next uh Jeremy man that can you know actually boost the team and stuff, I think that there. Right.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening. I agree with
2: everything you said. Do you? Yeah. If I asked you to just repeat it verbatim, could you?
1: Well, I agree with the uh the part he talked about with the Texans quarterback and yeah, I agree. Jalen's brother Justin. Um, yeah, I mean, mispronounce the name, yeah. but no. you always, you look, always hold back uh, and never I never do. I hold back. That stuff uh, it's up. not you this time. <laughs> um,
2: I, I feel the passion we already kind of went through. He kind of just did it with a different university, but kind of no. generalized the whole quarterbacks because of the university thing to, to throw young in there with the Alabama.
1: No, I look, I agree with Mark. That's the point that I was trying to make. It was that for the arguments that Coward said about Stroud at Ohio State you could equally say the them same about thing Alabama. about Bryce Young yeah. and that's what I, we were talking about earlier in the show was like I think it's actually like a powerhouse thing. I don't think it's only an Ohio State thing. I think it's a powerhouse. College football programs have a tar- hard time producing quality NFL quarterbacks. Now, there's exceptions. Exceptions to every rule. He brought up Jalen Hurts. Hurts went out and coached. Like, he was coached by Lincoln Riley. I think that helped Jalen Hurts be a pro. Oh, well, without question. I don't think Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts without without Lincoln Riley, to be completely no, honest. I think Mark is
2: spot on with that.
1: I do, too. I completely agree. As far as John Singleton, Jeremy Payne, you know. I, I don't think Singleton's going to get the opportunity. Singleton's also didn't.
2: a lot older, and people forget. That he did have the one, the first go-round with the Astros way, way, way back when. And he's been clawing his way trying to get back to get another, another shot. Yeah. He got the shot in Milwaukee. It didn't work out. It was a quick exit. He got one in Sugarland He excelled. Now he's getting a chance in the bigs. He had one at bat so far. Let's not put the cart in front of the horse just Played yet appearance. and see how he plays and 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 see how it goes. Kingwood Eric, uh so who would the veteran quarterback
1: be in a few years under this scenario? And that's what we were kind of workshopping. Like somebody texted in that quarterback in the, with the Chargers would be good. They just signed Herbert to a huge yeah. massive deal. Like our top 10 quarterback list was this. Cuz Rodgers was top 10 quarterback. Mm-hmm. We had Rodgers as our sixth best quarterback. Mahomes, he's locked up. Burrow's not going anywhere. Allen's not going anywhere. Jalen Hurts isn't going anywhere. Herbert's not don't think Rogers would be don't no. think it would be Rogers what about Lamar Jackson
3: maybe Lamar was the name I thought of but I'm going to disagree with one name you've already mentioned
1: what about Dak Prescott he
3: right.
2: could he could be out there but the, could he be a difference maker
1: the Texans once upon a time wanted a former cowboy quarterback in Tony Romo before they traded for Deshaun Watson and then what? Kirk Cousins the other guy in our top 10 I think those are the three of the top 10 that could be Lamar Dak Cousins
3: why not Joe the the Cincinnati Bengals are notoriously cheap. the most cheap organization. Yeah. Like if anyone no, in the NFL, I, dude, if anyone was going to butcher their deal with a young quarterback, wouldn't it be the Bengals? They're going to give they're the Joe Bungles Burrow for the most a reason. money. I know they sh- they should, but they haven't yet. There there's he's no got, hurry. He's got two years left. There's no hurry. Um, well then, what about Trevor?
1: Why would they Why would they get rid of Trevor?
3: Because they're because he doesn't want to play in Jacksonville.
2: I disagree. I don't think so. All
3: right, I'll give you another Uh, one. But you know what? That might
2: be a consideration if that is indeed the case. But then they're going to trade him somewhere where he's going to sign an extension
3: immediately, and I don't
2: think they're going to trade him to Houston.
3: So I'll give you one more then. Let's say I'm right for once.
1: Justin Fields. Yep.
3: (laughs) If I'm right, then I'm concerned. I would be concerned because of who his agent is. That if the Bears don't treat Justin perfectly and hold his hand and make sure he's happy, that David Mulgetta Mulgetta, yeah, will force their hand and do the same thing he just did with Deshaun.
1: So Fields would be our Watson to Cleveland.
3: Yeah, but the problem is CJ is here, so that seems unlikely. But
2: like, because it's another one of his
1: clients.
3: It's another one of his clients. So do like, oh if he gets paid though.
2: But you know what, Joe? The other thing, because I was going to ask you before you said that, and I figured it was Mulgeta. But the bigger thing is, is now he's concerned about his reputation as he gets other tries to get other clients that he might be only known as the guy that gets guys out of deals and pisses teams off and does all these different things that he's trying to change that narrative. But I could see, I could see it, but then you got to trade. And how much are you willing to trade to go get that guy?
3: But I think most likely this scenario if in 18 months the Texans are a Super Bowl contender and they need a quarterback, there's a really a high likely chance you are doing a trade. I mean, these guys don't hit yeah. free agency. Kirk but the, the reason
2: best. why Rodgers didn't have like this massive bounty to get him is because of his age. Fields is going to be in his. Prime. Well,
1: Rodgers was also dictating where he was going to play.
2: To to some degree, he, he wasn't was. going to accept a trade to
1: Cleveland. No, it's not a great example because they have Deshaun. But he wasn't going to accept. But because trade of his anywhere. age,
2: no team was going to give up the kind of deal that you had to give up to get Deshaun.
1: No, but part of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's, the age is a factor there. Yeah. You're only maybe getting them for a year, although it seems like it's going to be two. two. But Deshaun, even said. Deshaun was also like, everybody thinks that was an
2: egregious overspend.
1: The only other team... like that, the, the, I mean, the Packers ended up getting what? They ended up getting a first-rounder. They, they moved well, up depends, two that, spots.
2: Uh, if he does what first. he's supposed to do with play, a certain amount of snaps. Yeah. Which then we all, get all think a, he will. Yeah, then he'll get it first. That's, old, that's quite a bit. It's more than we thought. Well, based on how... Guttenkoos has screwed up the Devontae Adams trade and other things. Yeah, you're right.
3: The other name that I think would be a real contender for this that just makes me... I think C.J. Stroud is going to be better than Kyler Murray. But let's say the Cardinals don't get the first pick in the draft. They're going to roll Kyler back out there, but we all know they want to move on. It's going to be pretty clear. So, like, in theory... This is Kyler after a full healthy season in 18 months. Mm. He's, he's, he's 18 months removed from his ACL. Mm. If they don't get the number one pick and take Caleb Williams, Kyler could be that guy who's under contract, who's a big name, who if you wanted to do this, probably would make the most sense.
2: That's another contender. But the bigger thing, the bigger question mark is can he be the guy, not that he's Rodgers, but can he be the guy that is the difference maker for the team to push the them over the top to get where they need to go I, think I don't believe we really know yeah I don't believe Kyler Murray's got that kind of ability yeah I,
3: I agree I I don't think I think CJ Stroud will be better than Kyler Murray so I'm fine as a really passer. As well that's a, passer. that's a hell of a if you take told right me there CJ
1: Stroud was gonna be better than Kyler Murray I would I mean you're not making you're not doing this scenario
3: like no exactly because Kyler like, Murray had his best but, I, quarterback. but I'm not saying but if I'm wrong right. like I just I don't think Kyler Murray the passer is that great I think CJ's gonna be a better passer
1: I think he's more accurate, more precise, yeah. th- different players. Because I don't think, I mean, Stroud doesn't have the fastball that Kyler, he's not nearly as fast or the athlete. Yeah, he's Kyler, not going to run he, like it? that, but he no. might be,
2: he's a more accurate passer. I mean,
1: Kyler's very possibly a top three athlete in the world. Yeah. To be completely honest. For
2: sure. You've said before he was number one, didn't you?
1: I think he's number one at the quarterback position. Yeah. But do I think he's more athletic than like Usain Bolt? Probably not. But I mean, how many, how many guys have been drafted right. the first round in two different professional sports?
3: He's he's the, well, just he's Kyler. The, he's the only one. Yeah.
1: Just Kyler. Like that's pretty. That's pretty athletic. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. The HRP listener line. 713-780-3776. seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's see what the Willa Bits and Joe George have in store with us. In store for us next. Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five.
0: Lowe's knows how to save pros, time, and money. Right now, get 10% off all kitchen cabinet orders of $1,000 or more. Plus, MVP's Pro Rewards members earn double the bonus points on select stock cabinets through August 4th. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Must ask cashier to apply discount barcode at time of purchase. Discount on cabinet purchase only. Coupon cannot be used with any other discount. seven twenty seven to 727-89. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It is time for start, sit, cut. Here's Joel and Jeremy and Joe. Mm-hmm.
2: I wasn't listening. It's time to start, sit,
1: cut. You have a better, you, you do that better than that computer does. I know you so do
2: you all. When you need to make a call.
1: So what was it? Start the <laughs> card. Sit, cut. Okay,
2: good.
3: Uh, Start sick. How many of these we got? Just the one. Um, I, we can do more than one. I got one prepared, but I, I can go on the fly. I'll see what, see how it goes. All right, it's college football season. The uh, coaches poll is officially out. Uh, we've got should be,
1: should be the sports information directors poll.
3: Is that what it is? Basically, you yeah. Think? They don't. The coaches don't. There's boat. four. There's four Texas teams in the top 25. Okay. Texas, Texas Tech, a And M. TCU and AM mm-hmm. are all in the top 20. UTSA
2: didn't make it, huh?
1: I, so yeah,
3: that was the wild
2: card I thought because I didn't think TCU losing everybody that they lost. I didn't think TCU would be back.
3: Yeah, that's interesting.
2: That's that. That's a really the preseason coaches poll is really a
1: postseason 2022 poll. Yeah,
3: Texas is 12. Uh, TCU is 16. Tech is 24. AM is 25. Gig'em. Your top five is Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU.
1: I'm geeked for football.
3: I'm so geeked. If you go into the top 15, um, the only schools who are not part of the new Big Ten and SEC next year are Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State. Wow. Every other team that would be currently in the top 15 right now. So you're saying there's be, a lot of big school bias in this Yeah. School? Well where's where, where did Utah end up? I can't remember.
1: They're they're in the big they're gonna be the new Big Twelve. Yeah.
3: That's right. Okay. So I guess they may No Yeah, New Big Twelve. New Big Twelve. So I guess there's four teams because Utah is also in the top fifteen. Did so you start, said Utah. Did I say Utah? My brain's mush. Um, <laughs> How are we doing, enjoy.
2: You got two of brain. Great. Are you sitting in on the wheelhouse today? I mean the White House?
3: Uh nope. Uh Beard and BK. Uh, beaky. Jake. Uh starts at cut. Hold on, Beard and Beaky? No and, Jake? You no know, and Jake. Oh
2: and Jake. Uh <laughs> what was your favorite beaky moment? Oh, there's so many. I know.
1: There's, just Stage too, them. Many. there's too many to, to – I mean, we, we'd be here all day. We'd be here
3: all day. All right, so, start, sick <laughs> cut. We'll save that for Friday. Steve Sarkeesian. Oh, you're going coaches. Jimbo Fisher. Mm. Brian Kelly.
1: Did you just do that on the fly? So I couldn't decide Stark, who I wanted the third coach Stark, to be. Jimbo, Bryan? Yeah. Man, I don't want to start anybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well,
2: I, I, I'll start – Uh I'll start with Brian Kelly. I, I really don't care for him I much as a coach. I hate that you said
1: Brian Kelly. Huh? I hate that you said Brian Kelly. Why? Because I was probably gonna say
2: Brian Kelly. Well, You're gonna say Brian Kelly. I just I think that as much as I, I don't like I, I don't believe his fake Cajun accent, I don't believe a lot Family. of the stuff that he does. I believe that he's fake in so many different ways. And I know that he plays the system and he, and behind the scenes he's a different kind of guy, but he gets results. He gets his team results and he gets them to places that universities want their football pro- program to go when they pay coaches money. And so I would start Brian Kelly. I would bench Jimbo because of the fact that he gets somewhat results. He never gets to the expectation level and he hasn't at least at a and And even at Florida state, I don't think he was great. He, he had a couple of years, but I think that Jimbo is going to get you competitive. Jimbo is going to keep you competitive and I think Sark is kind of a lot of smoke and mirrors. And, and yeah, he was a coordinator at Alabama where they had a lot of his success. He had a lot of missteps along the way in his previous coaching jobs. And I think that as much as he's done good with recruiting so far, I'm not sure that I'm a huge believer in him as a head coach. So I, I, I'm going to cut Sarkeesian.
1: Um I'm going to go with Brian Kelly. I, I don't love the art our stable of coaches here. Brian Kelly did a pretty good job at LSU. Like, from the start of the season where they were to the end of the year, they 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 made a pretty good improvement. Yeah, that was a big so, job. And look, like, we knock what he did at Notre Dame a bit. Notre Dame has some built-in disadvantages. I think he did a good job at Notre Dame, quite frankly. So I'm going to go Brian Kelly. Like, I don't love these three options. I will sit Sark. I will sit. I mean, Sark wins games, and Sark also, like, both these guys have kind of disappointed but i think that like Jimbo to me is the guy over all these others that i feel like he is he underachieves all the time like when his jimbo had a good football team that didn't have Jameis winston on it look how he left florida state whenever he left florida state that was a program that was on its way down they were losing by the time that he got wow. saved by texas a&m and texas a&m has been disappointment after disappointment after disappointment like to me it's to me it's jimbo
2: he left he left florida state because of his disdain for the fact that he wasn't going to get money and get facilities and get the things that he thinks that he thought, and rightfully so, that he needed to compete and, with the other really and, big schools in college football.
1: And A&M gave him the bag. Sure they did. But Jimbo Fisher in his final year at Florida State was 5-6. and six. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher finished on, on Jimbo Fisher's way out the door in the ACC. He finished second in the Atlantic Division. He finished third in the Atlantic Division. And then his final year, he went five and six and finished sixth in the Atlantic Division. Since joining A&M, second in the West, fourth in the West, second in the West, third in the West, sixth in the West. That's mediocre. It's mediocre. In fact, it's been bad at times.
3: I think that's why you – I think when you look at this – You can't get a quarterback. It's preseason. a and is 25th. Florida State is 8th. Florida State's a real contender for the for the college football playoff this year. Like, they're going to be really good. So it's you know that program. It looked like there was a, there was a hiccup, but it seemed like it was his fault. And like now they're back on a momentum of being in the Florida State that they're supposed to be.
2: From from the sources that I have and the and what I've heard. You, you might be right, Joe, that it's his fault because he just pulled the plug and just said, screw it, then I'm out. He d- he didn't want to put up the fight, but because it was state money that they were trying to get to fund everything that they were trying to do and he was banging his head against the wall and wasn't getting what he wanted, it was basically like, you know, I- I'm throwing in my whoopee and my pacifier and I'm going home, and he literally did that. I think he
1: did that in his last year
2: there. Yeah. I
1: think Absolutely. he was on his way
3: out before that last year there, quite honestly. I, I was going to say
2: that with the record you yeah. said.
1: I
3: can't wait for Jimbo Fisher versus Bobby Petrino. Yep. Shouting See, match on I the don't, sidelines. I think that was a good hire. I think it was too there's But they still of- haven't decided who's calling plays.
1: It sounded to me, based on the press conference they had earlier this week, that it's going to be Petrino. If Jimbo hired Petrino and Petrino does not call plays, that would be baffling. what
2: are we it, doing? But it would, but the only reason why Jimbo hired Petrino, because I think he was forced to and had to, he didn't want to. But if he was forced
1: to and had to, then who is he going to be forced to and have to call plays?
2: I, I think that it's right that Petrino's going to probably call plays, and I think that's what you have to say publicly, yeah. though it was kind of skirted the other day in the press conference. But I think that overall, you know that the power is going to be with Jimbo to overrule. I think that he's going to do that a lot.
1: Maybe so. I think I don't think it's. Going to, I think there's going to be contention there. Oh, for sure. At, at a
2: certain point, if he starts doing that and continues to do it, if I'm Bab- Bobby Petrino, I'm pissed too. And I think you're right. It could come to a head. So Jimbo, what did you say, Joe? What was I, yours?
3: I'm I'm with you, Jeremy, just because I don't believe in Jimbo. I don't either. I I like Sark. Like I, I I'm fine with Sark. I think Sark can win games. Like if people that want to hold him, you know, for having some tough times in his life and what was going on at USC. And that the only reason why he won't succeed as a coach. I think that's a joke. Like, he had an alcohol problem, and it seems like that's fixed. He's recruited better at Texas in a lesser conference. He's got better quarterbacks. Like, they've just, I think they've got a way, way better chance. They would have beat Alabama last year if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt. Like, Texas AM, what have you done for me? Nothing. Like, you beat Alabama the thing that always, like two weeks after losing to a not top 25 team.
2: The thing that always baffles me about AM. And it really has baffled me about Jimbo. He can recruit. He can get a lot of big names. He can have a, a really highly regarded recruiting classes. He just can't get a quarterback.
3: I also think Jimbo doesn't recruit good kids for the most part. Sorry if your kid goes to Texas A&M, but like, I think they, they have a lot of problems on and off the field.
1: I am excited to watch Weingarten this year, though. What's, What's that? that? They're Their they're quarterback. The player oh, was a true oh, freshman I last year. I thought it was like
2: a reality TV show. You were looking at no. But
1: he was their true freshman last oh, year. That played right, the last few games. Right. And he's a local kid. Uh, he's he's good. He's good. I'm excited to watch him. This Where did he go to high school? Uh, I think he went to Bridgeland or or Seven Lakes. I can't remember the. I think it was Bridgeland. Okay. He's really a baseball player too. I think it's Bridgeland. Uh, 713 780 ESP. And who would you start sit cut between those three college football coaches? Brian Kelly, Sark, Jimbo. 713 780 3776. Are we going to fall for this Michael Brantley trap? All teams covered.
0: No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. I love when Christian Javier
1: pitches. If for nothing else, we get this song. So can Christian Javier love when he pitches and make us all love it too? This is a tough lineup for Javier. It's a big part. tough lineup for
2: anybody. It's a big part though. It's a big outfield. That plays good for Christian Javier because he's a fly ball pitcher. Um, How about the one that Fromber kind of lost in the sky last night? I mean, Fromber. Jordan lost in the sky last night. And Myers Myers covered like 100 and some feet to go get it. Thank God for that.
3: We got big news in the lineup today. I can't wait. Are we
2: going to like it or not like it? I haven't
1: seen it yet.
3: I don't know. You guys like personal center fielders? Mauricio Dubon?
1: For Javier?
3: He's bad.
1: I don't like this. Jake Myers is a better outfielder yeah, why? than Mauricio Dubon. Christian Javier is a flyball pitcher and it's a big outfield. There's no reason that Mauricio Dubon But he doesn't take Dubon, good routes all the time. But he's 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 one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. Mauricio Dubon's a below average defensive center fielder. There Doctor. is in a big outfield with a flyball pitcher, there is no reason that Mauricio Dubon should be in center field ahead of Jake Myers. Well,
2: he is.
3: That's ridiculous.
2: Dr. Drake's on line 1. Uh I, I don't Unreal. like it. I don't like it either. Who's in left? Chaz. He's so, Yorty's so dh Yeah. It's uh, Altuve, Bregman. I don't think Yordan's going to play outfield the rest of the series. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a lot of ground, especially, like you said, with a fly ball pitcher. And he lost the ball last night in the sky.
3: It's Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez is your DH, Tucker, McCormick in left, Abreu, Pena, Duby in center, Maldonado behind the plate. Mm-hmm. You said that fast.
1: Hold on. who? So, you, who's playing? So, Yiner's Somebody's out. out. So Yiner's on the Yiner's Yiner's bench. out. Yeah. Against a righty. You want me to do it again? Wait, I don't even know who's pitching for Baltimore. If I'm being completely honest with you, it's
2: uh, the kid they traded for.
1: Javier, seven and two, four thirty nine ERA against Jack Flaherty, who pitches from the right side, eight and six with a four twenty eight ERA. The fact that Yiner Diaz is on the bench against a right-handed pitcher, and the Mar- I hate this lineup so much.
2: I told you, I hate whenever Yiner's sitting. Period.
1: I told myself I wasn't going to do this. Told myself I was not going to get
2: disgusted with. Have lineups. you waited this long to go anti Dusty on something?
1: No, I've been anti-dusty on some things, but usually not his lineups. The fact that Yiner Diaz... We talked about it earlier. When Yiner Diaz is on the bench against a right-handed pitcher, it is not a serious lineup that day. When Mauricio Dubon, who is an, a below-average defensive center fielder, and you have one of the best defensive center fielders center in baseball, at a big ballpark with a fly ball pitcher, what are we doing? You're trailed the division. like You're not coasting like you were last year where you can just do whatever. Like You're behind can we three also, games
2: with, with less than 50 to play. Can we also agree that Dubon's cooled off a lot offensively from everybody that was yes. referring to him as a 300 hitter and all the things he did early in the season?
1: Mauricio Dubon is a below-average offensive player That is a below-average defensive center fielder. In fact, I think Jake Myers is a better offensive player than Mauricio Dubon is. Hold on. Please hold. Jake Myers is an OPS plus of 96, which is 100. OPS plus 100 is league average. Jake Myers plays a really good, some would say elite, defensive center field. He's a 96 OPS plus guy, so he's almost league average. Mauricio Dubon is a below average defensive center fielder with a 79 OPS plus. Why is he starting ahead of Jake Myers with a fly ball pitcher in a big ballpark?
2: It makes no sense. Yeah, it only makes one. The only way it makes sense is it's Pawpaw's belly, and when Dusty gets a gut feeling, he goes with it. (sighs) And we're not in April. We're not in May. We need these games, but I'm just saying. Yiner on the bench does not make me happy.
3: What makes you more upset?
2: Yiner on the bench.
3: Over Dubon in center.
2: That make yeah. yeah. I
1: can like Dubon like you get him a spot start. He touches the baseball nicely cuz he has contact skills.
3: The problem you is noticed that Yeiner he touches the far. baseball
2: nicely after he gets two strikes. He seems to always get in two strike counts or get Well, he swings at everything. He gets down in the counts but yet still finds a way to put the bat on the ball and a lot of times put it in play. He never works a walk.
3: I, I just think Dusty does not believe in him at first base at all and that's why ibrae is gonna be at first all the time but brae stinks at first base too though I, I, Wait, but he doesn't believe in oh who where? at first base yanner oh he just doesn't believe in him that's why ibrae was out god's there. sake he put kessinger there this weekend it was like over a, it was one game over yanner
2: the that that annoys the hell out of him
3: i know but like dusty's i think dusty's made it very clear how he views him how he views diaz as a first baseman
1: you're probably right and you're probably it's not right. good but I think that Yiner's just as
2: good defensively as Abreu.
1: Like it's not Yuli. You know what I mean? Like Yuli, good defensive yeah, first baseman. One of them he needed is to be.
2: scooping everything and making the right plays and saving you runs. Both of them are kind of a liability at first base. Yiner because I think he, he's just inexperienced. Abreu because he just sucks, and it's not going to change. So why not throw Diner out there?
1: Todd's Todd's typing in BVP stats because he likes to defend Dusty from time to time. He says that uh, Abreu's one for three versus Flaherty with a home run lifetime. Was that pre or post washed, Jose Abreu, Todd, the show? Was that before Jose Abreu was washed up or was it uh, after Jose Abreu was washed up?
2: Betting on Abreu tonight? You bet that's going to happen again? Mm, Poncho,
1: Dusty has a hunch. Dre Dre doesn't believe in outfield defense. He thinks Tucker was overrated last year, and he doesn't think that Jake Myers is good this year. Um, What do we have here? Degenerate says Javier needs a gym today. 8693, dude, I'm over it. I've been backing Dusty, and I can't do it anymore. Borderline sabotage, and yes, I'm being petty. I just text that in to our inbox. 3703, Dubon has a stronger arm, probably. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dubon has a much stronger arm than Jake Myers. Well, but everybody does. Give me range over arm in center field. Sorry.
2: Joe, you might be able to hurl it further than Jake Myers.
3: I don't know about that.
2: No? Jake's arm is actually stronger than Chaz's. Jake looks like he he just looks like he needs three hot crow hops and uh, just a huge running start to get it to go anywhere.
1: He puts all of his might behind a 72 mile per hour throw. You're you're right about that. He doesn't have the arm, but what a a lineup for Dusty today. 60 30. Dusty's so deep in y'all's heads, and I love it. Could y'all cry anymore? Yeah, we could. could. could, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep just texting and hang, keep listening. Hang tight. <laughs> Wait till tomorrow's lineup. <laughs> Wait till tomorrow's lineup. Oh, they
3: don't play tomorrow. No, they, they play tomorrow. Oh, they play tomorrow. They play, day okay. game.
1: they play at like 11, so 3.05 is when they play tomorrow. Um, did you hear what Jeff Francoeur said on the TBS broadcast about Michael Brantley? You did. I didn't because I was watching AT&T. Jeff Francoeur passes on on the broadcast that uh, Michael Brantley said his rehab has ramped up and cleared a bunch of hurdles. Francoeur? again said Brantley's rehab is ramped up and has cleared a bunch of hurdles. We know that dusty likes to give national guys more stuff than local guys. We're not going to be fooled with this. Michael Brantley getting ramped up thing again. Are we, you know how I
2: feel (laughs) sprinkles, (laughs) however you do it. Icing and sprinkles or sprinkles and icing. I'm not talking about sprinkles and icing because we've been down this road too many times We've gotten excited or got a lot of anticipation and heard all the right things until we didn't, and I'm not doing it anymore. If Sprinkles and icing finds a way to be able to play, yay, late in the year or the playoffs, I am not waiting on him. I am not getting excited about him. I am not counting on him. So miss me on all of it until he puts the uniform on for real.
1: Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not going to believe the Brantley stuff until he's activated by the Houston Astros. Is it cool to see this news? I guess. But again, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not going to believe Michael Brantley's a real thing until Michael Brantley's wearing an Astros uniform and is in the active roster, on the active roster. So uh, cool, cool story. Not going to put any stock in that. We uh, we ticked off some Aggies, uh, Joe George. Oh, no. Yeah, we ticked off some Aggies here.
3: ESPN 97.5, your home of Texas hand-in football and basketball.
1: Yeah, he says, what has, Sark done? He's been, what has Sark done? He's been mediocre everywhere he's been. Typical Coug High and dumb producer. Charlie G., thanks for listening. What's Charlie? Up, Charlie? Uh, what has Sark done? He's a two-time Holiday Bowl champion. Not anybody wins Holiday Bowl championships, and Sark has done it twice what Sark is done. All right. It does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank. on am and We'll talk to you tomorrow. The wheelhouse with Beaky, Jake, and Josh Beard is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.